to a brand new episode of Third Degree Burn. My name is Brian Hughes, and I'm here with a couple really good friends. Over on my right, well, not really, but he's over there somewhere, is Kirk Greenfield. Say hi, Kirk. Good morning. And on my left over here is our good buddy out in Las Vegas, Tim Elliott. Say hi, Tim. Hello. And Tim, what are we doing today? Well, Brian, we are continuing our chronological coverage of John Burns' what if, uh, his take on the, his continued story of the X-Men elsewhere. And we have, this is the only series we have covered chronologically. We've covered every issue. Uh, and today we are going to cover kind of getting towards the end of this run, uh, issue 27 and 28. Yeah, it's like an index show almost. Right, exactly. That's the only thing we do uh, that we do because this is the most current thing we've worked on. Everything else we've done is usually in the past, but well, he's been putting you, these out. You could call our champions uh, coverage an index show, but it's just one show. Yeah, well, <laughs> well, you could say the same of issue uh, episode one hundred if anybody's listen to that of. Um, the Pegasus Project. That was six issues. Yeah, but Burns been on more more issues of two and one. I mean, he wrote a lot of two and one. True. So, but this is. I mean, again, this is where it's it's been that kind of coverage. But yeah, yeah. I mean, it, and I, I, again, Elsewhere is one of those those uh, interesting projects that uh, Burns done. That uh, I mean, it's the most recent thing that he's done. We can only hope that there's other things coming. Uh, whether it be you know stuff that he's going to do on his site or f- out of IDW, because I know that uh, they've been trying to do things, and Chris Ryle's trying to get him involved in some things, and it's just a uh, you know matter of time to finding out what uh, what his plans are. Yeah, I'd love to him to come back. <clears throat> Excuse me. <I'm> <clears throat> I'd love to him to come back to Star Trek. Yeah. Whether it's photo novels, his Fometti work, or just do some original artwork. Speaking of his Star Trek work, um, Michael <clears throat> Fitzgerald Troy, who's a, a regular contributor to our Facebook group, has posted a link to his latest uh, show, which is uh, full coverage of that IDW work, and that's on YouTube. So uh, that's that's worth giving a look at if uh, if you're so inclined. Um, I mean, again, again, you know, we've done some a lot of coverage of Burns' Star Trek work, whether it was the pencil art or the Fanetti books. And uh, I haven't, I've not listened to this one yet, but I understand it's a massive, uh, massive episode. So, that, that you covered the entire work in one episode. Um, it's, it, I don't know how much of it he actually covers, but uh, he, he, he labels it as massive. Yeah, I think it might be an omnibus. I started uh, watching a little bit and got distracted because I was at work, so uh, couldn't keep... Yeah, he's got that that Star Trek omnibus on the cover, the one that uh, Tim and I have read from many times when we've done our coverage. So uh, that's all the pencil art stuff. I don't see the... I mean, I haven't played it to sit there and I don't want to play it right now. Uh Uh-oh, uh-oh. I uh, clicked on it. Yeah, I clicked on it, but uh, I'm trying to Hello, mute, mute it, you know, there. Mute oh. it. Well, Brian, and I don't know who this is. You, you, you sent me the link or somebody put the link, I think, in either our chat or on our, or it's been on our channel, I think, on Facebook. Yeah. Who is the 
the person that does the, the video. They'll, he'll take a burn book. I think he's been doing the Fantastic Four, and he kind of change, makes it a kind of a motion comic. Yeah, um, and I, I've actually talked to him, and, and he wants to come on the show. Um, I'm trying to pull up his name right now because it escapes me at the moment, and he hasn't published one recently. Uh, the amount of work he puts into it, I'm sure. Harry Bauer. Harry Bauer is his <clears throat> name. And um, he's uh, actually getting ready to do the trial of, of Galactus, or the trial of Reed Richards. Richards. And he, you know, he actually approached Byrne to do his own voice. And mm. Byrne politely and rather nicely refused. No. But uh, so uh, Harry, I believe, is going to do the voice himself. So I, I, I pointed him at the Michael Avila interviews if he wanted to get uh, the modern take on his thing. But he says he's already listened to them and he's planning to use them as a guide in his representation of Byrne. Interesting. Yeah. Um, Harry, Harry's a nice guy. Like I said, we got we got to get him on, uh, on on our show here to talk about this work. Uh, so that's something that we'll plan here sometime during the year. Um, you know, we haven't we haven't made you know full plans on what this year is about. Uh, last year, we we had so much that we covered. You know, along with Bernie, you know, of course, a, a good bit of George Perez, and, and you know, we've also got the extra show of the She-Hulk going on. Yeah. As well, and that's been a lot of fun. I'm really enjoying that. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I, I don't I don't know what our plans are for this year. So I'm kind of excited to see what we what we come up with. We've always been kind of loosey goosey. Yeah, fly, our fly by the seat kind of, of our pants, but it, exactly. it, the show is still, you know, I mean, people are still listening to us. Yeah, I mean, we don't plan out like like Paul and, and Scott and them do, where they they're just like months in advance and episodes in the can. I mean, we record this right now. You guys are probably going to hear this a week from now. Yeah, and like the She Hulks, we record on Friday night or Saturday night, and they come out Sunday night. And that's that's all thanks to our producer, Mr. Tim here, who's been Yay. pumping those out so quickly. Thank so, you, Tim. Yeah, there's there's not much work to those. Yeah, what what you see is what you get. Yeah. Now the hundredth episode, that was a fun one to put together. Um, and uh, Nigel was really happy. I got the Bugs Bunny stuff in there too. <laughs> that was fun. But you oh, know, you now that you get what. Oh, go ahead. So, I mean, you get Nigel back. I know he's interested in coming back on the show, so you got to find something that he wants to come back for. Well, all he's got to do is suggest something. I mean, that's, you know, <laughs> what we told him. You suggest something, you can come on and talk about it. Um, True. What was that? Oh, I completely... I The trial of Reed Richards, just while you're gathering your thought. Yeah. Um is he doing just one issue or is he doing like the graphic novel the, the collection no he does one issue okay the, that's the what I thought then, yeah then that's got to be that red cover where reads in chains um I did a review of that with oh I've drawn a blank uh for uh, back to the bins I did that one with uh all no Dr. This Bill was, no, uh, Russell Bragg Russell from Brown. West Virginia. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. just one state over. So uh, for, for the Assistant Editor's Month. Yeah, yeah, that's great. We did that one. So uh, I, I'm that's one that's kind of close to my heart as a result. 
Well, I, you Sorry, know, just we, a little side tangent. We haven't covered that one ourselves, and I, I think that if once they, they he does get that one out, we should do coverage on it and have him on the show. Okay. Yeah, that would That's be pretty not fun. a bad idea. Now, the, yeah, I'd love to pick his brain about how what his process is. Mm-hmm. Now, the other well, thing that um, I'd like to bring up is that since Nigel's been on the show. We're not getting as much feedback because <laughs> Nigel is, of course, uh, our, our, our regular correspondent. He was writing to us virtually every episode and and, and all that. But now that Nigel's kind of like in the circle, we're, we're not getting any uh, any emails. Uh, we haven't gotten a, a, a review on uh, iTunes in quite a while. Uh, the yeah. Facebook comments are, are actually few and far between also. But we know that we're getting downloads. A ton of people are pulling down the show, or at least pulling down the show. Um, so, you know, it's it, there's something going on there. And, of course, our, our, our group membership is uh, increasing all the time. I mean, we're, we're what, nearly seven – we're at 665 uh, followers uh, in our Facebook group. So something, we're doing something right, but we're doing something wrong, too. Yeah. And and you know definitely would like to uh, get some feedback and remember, if you you know suggest a show, we may actually bring you on to talk about it. You but you don't have to. You don't have to do anything you don't want to. So uh, don't you know don't don't let that prevent you from writing in and giving us suggestions. Well, let's go into the email address right now. Gotta get burned at gmail.com. That's g o t t a g e t b y r n e d at gmail.com. Or Facebook page, Third Degree Burn. Yep. And, of course, like I said, we're on uh, Apple Podcasts, formerly iTunes. Um, and uh, But yeah, just, you know, write us, let us know what you want to hear, what you, wanna, what you want us to talk about, what you don't want us to talk about, uh, what you like, what you don't like. We, we, we really want to, to, to find out what it is that the, the true Burn fans uh, like and what they don't like as well. We want to cover all sides of the apple, so to speak. Um, and what, one last sure thing there's... I want to do is give a, 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 another shout out to Rob Stewart, uh, fanboys. Um, he definitely has an interest in being a contributor in a number of ways. So uh, big hi to Rob. Yeah, he said that we're welcome to go and record in the stores. Obviously, you guys can't come down here for that, but. Uh, we, we've got the capability to go into any of his stores. He's got one main one in downtown, I mean, in old Fort Worth and in many shops uh, throughout the Metroplex now. Sorry, so we're here. What, what's that? Oh, I was just going to say, for people writing in, I'm sure there are corners of the burn verse that we have not touched that maybe this is their favorite book and nobody ever talks about it so let us know because we're i'm sure we over you know we're oh, we're busy we have jobs we're probably missing things my goal this year is to complete my reading of uh burns run on jack kirby's fourth world i've got my omnibus you know greased up and ready to go i've done, done my care and feeding of it like like david thompson has told us many times <laughs> um so I'm, I'm I'm getting ready to do that. I just I need to get a new light for my reading chair so that uh, I can sit in comfort and read at my leisure. So today are we doing Elswin Twenty Seven? We are. I'm fixing to tell you all about Elswin Twenty Seven. I wrote a long 
synopsis. You know, there are people up in my northeast that hear you say fixin' to, and they have no idea what you're saying. <laughs> Kirk understands what I'm saying, don't you? I understand. Yeah, but I read between the lines. And he'd been <laughs> listening to us for, for seven years and talking with us for, like, five? How long? Well, I was there at the beginning. I don't remember what year that was, but I was there for your first couple shows. We started in 2015. That's crazy. It, it just... So if I said I'm, I'm getting round to it, you'd understand that too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, let's. Right. I guess let's get into it. All right. Let me write down a quick time note. All right. This is Elswin number 27. Uh, our Alpha and Omega is John Byrne. He is writer, artist, cover artist, editor. He is. Uh, not cover artist. Everything. There are no covers. True. Sadly. <clears throat> but he is. But he is splash page artist. Yep. He is. Um, and if you're, <clears throat> you've never listened to one of our Elswin stories. This is pencils only. These are. It's really be considered fan work. John Byrne is writing and drawing and lettering, but it's not finished work. It's not inked. It's not colored. It's just his pencils, very tight, finished pencils, or his take on if he had never left the X-Men and he continued on. So he is kind of going the direction he would have gone. So some of this may not make sense to you if you haven't listened to the previous episodes. But he, he has said that this is not the direction he would necessarily have gone back then it, and, and you know because his own feelings and thoughts and everything have kind of changed over the years yeah so yeah yeah i'm sure and yeah, i think there's when we get into this later there's some comments i have on his wolverine stuff that i think yeah shows shows his the 30 year difference between then and now because this is probably the most anticipated and watched out for storyline that he's covered in the entire uh, Elswin, and that's even after that alt X-Men, you know, uh, storyline. Yeah. Well, this is like getting the Beatles back together. You know, it's like, oh, let's get Burn back on the X-Men. Yeah. Um, just doing it. He's just doing it in his way. And well, I'm talking specifically about the Wolverine origin. The, oh, the correct. Burn, the Burns right. Wolverine origin is probably the most the the, the the thing that everybody was like salivating for when she started it you're like oh my god here we go you know well I'm sure the the I mean I'm sure Origins by Casada uh, uh, is still controversial because many people felt that it doesn't you know we never needed that we never should have known Wolverine's whole origin. And it really, I mean, the thing is, it, it ruined, I'd say probably about 60% of Wolverine's fandom believed a different backstory as far as um, Sabretooth was concerned. Yeah, well, there were hints throughout. Yeah. And then they go and put out Origins and it sets it all in stone. Um, or at least as much as stone as it can be set in comics. So. All right, X-Men... Number 20, issue 27, titled, What Price Yesterday, Part 1. We pick up where we left off last issue in a peaceful meadow not far from Salem Center, New York. At the bottom of a dark hole, Shaman battles for his life. He struggles to grab his magic staff as demons engulf him. 
One of the demons gets to the staff first, but the demon wails in pain and fear. The energies of the staff and the demons are, are like matter and antimatter. Demonic creatures are shredded, and Shaman draws them into his bag of tricks. Cut back to X-Men HQ. The fight continues between the mutants and Nagarin. Kitty Pride floats up to a platform that has Professor X and Heather Hudson from Alpha Flight. The young mutant is desperate for help, and as a demon lunges for them, Xavier tries to blast it with his mind powers. Then suddenly all the Nagarin implode like balloons. Shaman has succeeded in turning back the demons. All the creatures have vanished, leaving only the fresh scent of pine. We turn back the clock a few moments and see Shaman drawing all of the Nagarin into the nest, captures the entire Nagarin race in his medicine bag. The nest begins to collapse in on itself as Canadian Sorcerer flies up to safety. Twenty minutes later, Shaman joins the X-Men back at their base. Kitty is impressed with what she considers to be real magic, not just elevated science. Shaman turns his attention to Logan. Time to restore his memory. 1916, St. Elysia Mountains in Yukon Territories. A small log cabin in a small log cabin. The young man's rage is at its peak. He is protecting his mother from a large man looking to beat her with a belt. The brute swats the child away and finishes what he started. The small boy cries over the body of his dead mother, but the man grabs the child and drags him to the nearby river. The woman hinted this man might be the boy's father, but the man feels no kinship to the child. He tosses the boy into the freezing water like skipping a stone. Back to the present. Logan winces with pain. Shaman explains his memories are not returning in their time frame. They are coming much faster. Shaman cannot pinpoint where his life, where in his life Wolverine is experiencing. Back to the past. Boy is rescued from the river by a local Indian tribe. Tribe Shaman puts the boy to bed and tends to him. Ten years later, 1826, an adult Logan needs to go on walkabout and find himself. He explains he needs to head to the mountains, finds an abandoned cabin, and settles in. Spends the next 13 years living off the land and trying to search who he really is. 1939. Logan wanders into town and learns that the war, the world, is at war. He is drawn to the conflict and enlists in the Canadian Army as John Smith. Finds he's a gift for killing. His savagery in battle becomes legendary. The legend needs a name. Germans call him Werewolf. One day he is ambushed by a Nazi and shot in the back. But before the soldier can end the Canadian's life, a red, white, and blue shield suddenly knocks the gun from his hands. Back to the present. Logan grimaces in pain again. Pablo reaches out to soothe the mutant against Shaman's warnings not to touch him. Pablo's mother explains the boy has a special connection with Logan. It works, and Logan begins to calm down. Back to the present. White Plains. Jean Grey tries to comfort a police officer in distress. See last issue. The officer seems to glow with power, and with a burst of Kirby Crackle, he transforms into Phoenix. Back to World War II. Captain America introduces himself to John Smith. Bucky is, is surprised Smith is not dead. 
Sentinel Liberty witnesses the bullet holes heal themselves as the Canadian sits up. Nine weeks later, a completely healed Smith is checking out of a field hospital. Doctors had to reinforce his shattered bones with steel braces. Cap tries to recruit the mutant for a special mission, but he has no time for Yanks. Cap manages to convince Smith to join up, and for the last few weeks of the war, he becomes a member of the invaders. They're apparently too few for it to make it into the history books. After the war, Smith finds himself assigned to Japan as part of the Commonwealth Occupation Force. Falls in love with the land and its people. The homesick draws him back to Canada, and he settles in Calgary and works as a cowboy. One day on a trail ride, Logan is knocked from his horse during a stampede and trampled as his fellow cowpokes look on in horror. Back to the present. Pablo reacts with tears at the pain Logan is experiencing through his memories. Shaman cannot tell where his life Logan is experiencing. Xavier asks if they should stop. The shaman warns against it. It could be too dangerous. He also realizes Logan's memories stop when he quit Department H. And there was nothing after he joined the X-Men. Be continued. Well, that's, that's something you might want to have mentioned before he started. You know? <laughs> right. I don't have a full backup here, so... Uh... Yeah, I, I I mean, you know, in, in IT terms, he really screwed the pooch there. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I've got backups, but they only go to, to to last year, so we don't have any of the financial records from this year. Sorry, sir. Oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> Whoops. Uh, all in all, the, the origin story itself uh, is compelling and surprising. Um, the, the shaman wipe-up of the Nagari was uh, really, really cool. I love a lot of the artwork of what he did there, uh, especially on that, I think it was the, um, yeah, the second page, that first panel of the second page of the demon holding the staff and just every going, everything going everywhere. I thought that was really beautiful. I mean, again, all the, all the panels there, you can see him using the electric eraser uh, in, in all that mishmash of, of, of what it was. It's not Argle Bargle, but all the stuff that he drew. It's kind of like, you know, this is like Vinnie Coletta's dream, uh, going in and penciling something and then going back and erasing half of it. <laughs> <laughs> well, we, I think we mentioned we covered the previous issue where they had uh, a big bulk of this fight how beautiful the artwork was and how this this would really look great if you get a top-notch anchor to ink this. And you just inked it. You know, but to ink and color it, I think this would be... And that's um, the thing. I haven't seen anybody ink any of this. Um, this is a little... I know, yeah, there's a lot of fan inking out there, but this is a little... Um, it's pretty detailed. And it's, uh, yeah, it's next level. You need, definitely need a top flight uh, anchor. And, and I mean, you know, it's, I, I haven't even seen Rubenstein uh, going after these pages, which is it's kind of disappointing because <clears throat> he would probably be ideally suited. I, I'd like to see, like, him or Dan Green, someone of that caliber, come in and, and do that. I don't even know if Dan Green's around, though. So now, I have a question what's that? on that. Uh, to look at the artwork, the first page second panel that is descending the well you have all these uh are they bricks um that, that are describing the view down the well do you see what i'm saying it says far below the echo shrieks and cries it's called the years they can hear them 
Yeah, yeah, uh, I mean... Well, are those bricks? Are those runes? Are those comic pages? It looks like, like, like runes. Yeah. Okay, because like at first I thought those were comic pages. That those... I didn't know what they were. Ah. Huh. Yeah, they're I, like runes. I think when we saw it before, it implied that it was like stacked stone. It was like a, like a stone wall. It was just... And these are all, I think, magic runes on it to keep the Nagaran inside this well to contain them. And that's when Shaman, that's when they were getting out somehow. That's why he traced, traced them back here. I'm going back to X-Men 143 right now because I think that you get some imagery of that as Storm is fighting them at the very beginning. I and I'm not. sure if, depending on how, uh, I haven't I haven't read ahead. Well, obviously, if he stopped at issue 32, there's only yeah. four issues left. Uh, I would think this would something that would come back that he's got these because the uh, when he draws them into his bag, somebody says, "Isn't that dangerous?" He says, "Well, no, nothing can come out of the bag unless I willingly draw it out. So unless he." Willingly wants to draw out these demons. Well, you know, stay stuck in there forever. And you remember in a, a later issue of Alpha Flight, someone mm. actually turned the bag inside out. Yep. Now he hadn't done this in that timeline, so it, it were fortunate because <laughs> that would. But didn't somebody look into his bag and kind of went Smart Alec did. Yeah. Now and, and and then Pablo was trying to do that in 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 this issue here. Um, you know, and, and Joff stopped him. Uh, it was right after Kitty was talking about, you know, the magic bit. And, I mean, it's you can see the Joff is like, careful, Pablo, don't try to look in the bag. Yeah. So, I mean... Which, of course, is the wrong thing to say to a kid, because that immediately makes them want to. Not just kids. Don't read the book! How many times have people said that in movies, and they go ahead and they read the book? It's just Necronomicon. It's okay. Yeah. One They are, uh, with with Pablo's autism, he's kind of, he's writing him as being very young, innocent. Well, he is very young. Young, innocent, curious. So he's always like, you know, he's always trying to, he's trying to touch Logan. They're like, don't touch him, you know, careful. And he's like, no, no, no. He kind of has this special connection to him. Yeah. Yeah. Some kind of bond. He sees reality differently from us. Yeah. It's like it's like your dog. You, you ever have points where your dog seemed to be paying attention to something that isn't there? Yeah. Sometimes that'll spook you. Yep. You don't know what they're saying. Yep. Well, let's get at the bulk of this, because the bulk of this story is the Wolverine origin. Mm-hmm. And it, the beginning is not too dissimilar than what we got officially from Marvel when they produced Origins, where we had a... Uh, Except this looks like this is a. We don't really understand. I mean, this guy could be, could be uh, Sabretooth. He could be. That's Sabretooth. That's that third panel. Yeah, that's where I'm going. That's that's definitely Sabretooth. Um, I mean, which I don't think he's ever named as Sabretooth in Origins, is he? He's not called no. that. He's not. But I mean, you're supposed to believe that that that's his brother. And of oh, course, that's right. Sabretooth's his brother in that order. Yeah, and it, it, that's what they did in the movie. They they had him be his brother. Yeah. And, you know, also made him out not to be so bad. I mean, yes, he was bad. He was an evil, murdering guy. But in the end, he teamed up with his brother. Yeah. 
Well, yeah. you, you don't get a lot. I mean, it looks obviously it looks like Wolverine and his or Logan and his mother mm-hmm. are living kind of in. Yeah, I mean, they, they, yeah, but they don't. I mean, look at Wolverine's got tattered clothes on. They don't look like they're uh, well off. Well off, exactly. So, and I don't know. This guy looks like he is well off. He's well dressed. So, what is his connection to this woman? Did he? Did he force himself on her? Did he? There you go. No. You didn't even give the brat my name. <laughs> yeah. So I don't know what. Uh, I'd like to know a little more about this as to why he picked this woman. No, he obviously didn't seem like he, no, if he had his way with her, he didn't seem to care if she had a kid, but he doesn't seem, again, he doesn't have kinship. It's it's an old story. Uh, I mean, a common story, but, you know, man and woman meet somewhere, usually, uh, you know, a place to where people congregate, like a bar. They, you know, enjoy each other's company, and then once the enjoyment's over, someone, typically a man, will, you know, become a complete uh, who they actually really are, you know. You get what you want, then you become who you are, and I mean, she, she says, you know, like, she didn't know what his name was, and she didn't, you know, she wouldn't, wouldn't have named a child after him, even if she did. She says, I want right, to grow man. up free from you, so she had experience with him and prior to logan being born yeah right and 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 she just wanted to get away from all that it's obviously a it's obviously a abusive relationship Mm -hmm. but he logan himself says you haven't been here in seven years and logan looks like he could he's 10 9 10 maybe yeah so i don't know how he remembered that but he was two. Well, no, it's just he'd never been there his entire life. And so maybe he was, maybe he's six years old. Yeah. Because that makes maybe sense. He yeah. He was yeah. born. He his mother, yeah. His mother. I'm not sure that, that Logan is supposed to be saying that. When I read that, I thought that word balloon was misplaced, that that's supposed to be the wife, not the wife, his mother. That makes more sense. That would make more sense. Or maybe it's from the mother, you know, maybe he's saying, hey, who's my father? And, it's like, oh well. Well, no, it's it's definitely him that. saying it because there's a, a a descriptive balloon that says the rage in his young voice is far beyond yeah. his years. Yeah, that's right. So he did yeah, say that. Right. Yeah. yeah, he's he's very protective of his mother, so he's uh, he's probably picking up on her misery, and that just inflames his rage. So when this guy, but again, why would this guy come back after seven years? He's not looking for something. No, he's he seen. says, let's finish up what I came for. He came it's there specifically. Yeah, he, no, he came there just to kill her because yeah. he's got the belt out and he's going full Negan on her. You yeah. know, he's just. But... And then, you know, I mean, and you see the bloody belt afterwards and, oh, it's, that's just sad. It is. Well, unless he's, you know, maybe he's a, he's a well-to-do guy with some clout. He doesn't want this to tarnish his name. Yeah, yeah. So, this is he, uh, 1916, right? So just, yeah. just at the what the beginnings of World War One. Now he's been he's been the kind of guy that uh, like like. If you watch what's that movie with uh, Leonardo DiCaprio where he's they're, they're getting the bear hides, 
He's like one of those guys. Reverend, the Reverend. Uh, the Reverend, yeah. He's like Reverend. one of those guys, or he's a bounty hunter or something along those lines. He's a, a hired gun. Uh, and you see that in the first panel, he's got a gun strapped to his, his waist. waistcoat. Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, no, this guy, he's not uh, well-to-do as, like, a rich gentleman or anything like that. He's uh, definitely, you frontiersman. know, a frontiersman, a journeyman that, that, that goes where the money is. And he's a dueler, too, because the where the place where he's got the gun placed, uh, that's much more like how Doc Holliday had his gun placed in Tombstone. And you don't have it there if it's a casual use. That's... He he he's spoiling for a fight wherever he goes. Get in that smoke wagon. Is that what he says? Skin that smoke wagon. Um well, do you think this if this is Sabretooth, when he has basically beaten this woman to death and mm-hmm. Logan is grabbing her and crying, and he grabs the kid. If he wanted to kill the kid, why did he just kill the kid then? Sink or swim. This is um a test. This does he think the kid may have inherited his mutant powers? Yeah. So he throws him in just to cool off. Then he leaves him. So I guess it's to see if uh, he's going to This is the boy named Sue. It's the boy named yeah. Sue all over. It's, yeah. He just wants to make sure that he's as tough as he is, and he's going to do everything he can to make sure of that. Well, Bert is drawn... Logan, his, his the young Logan is he looks almost like Cro-Magnon. Yeah. He's got these big wide apart eyes. He looks like one of the the the, the animated movie Crudes. He looks like one of those characters. He does look, and maybe that's meant to kind of hint at his animalistic nature. Uh, but we'll, uh, go ahead. Uh, um, Sabretooth is not. Sabretooth looks. It's normal. He's got button chops. He's got the dark eyes. Yeah, he's full, full, full adult at this point. Where, yeah. And I think Byrne tried too hard to make Logan look like young Logan. He should have yeah. just made him look like a kid, yeah. and, and not tried to do that. But okay, but still, it it works in the story. I mean, he's ugly as hell. Um, <laughs> but you know, it's um, and it's what's even funnier is. Logan's mother in that first panel, she's got a very old burn style face with the big, big lips that yeah. burn that burn used to put on women. Um, I find that that is a throwback. Hmm. There we get and this is a again, this is a, this is I think kind of to show a connection between Logan in the land because he's he's obviously you see him he's saved by a local tribe they found him you know on the they think he said they found him on the shore and they bring him to their shaman mm-hmm. and I, well, I think yeah, it he can, bears repeating well not repeating but uh, bringing up here you know you've got that that moment where you see the X Men and Alpha Flight all around Logan as he's going through this and shaman's mm-hmm. talking about how he's experiencing all of this. This is a lot like that Star Trek to the Next Generation episode, Time uh, Inner Light, where Captain Picard experienced that whole other light, um, yeah. that whole other life on a on a planet um, as their way of, of expressing how their civilization lived. So that gave me kind of like a, a quick flash to that, and it's funny since Patrick Stewart was involved with with uh, both X Men and uh, Star Trek. 
I don't know. Well, it's if, almost you know, this, this setup looks a little bit like the Days of Future Past film, where it's Wolverine that goes back in time. Yeah, yeah. And I didn't even Deep think that. is uh, Deep Pride is uh, facilitating his journey, but there it's it's like basically like Wolverine is re- reliving his. In case you didn't watch our previous episodes, he he had his brain cooked by the Phoenix, mm-hmm. right? Is that right? Yep. Yeah, so he had he had memory loss, he had brain damage, and Chaman says, "Well, I, you know, I back up everybody's memories. That's just, you know, he's he, he's not only to your point, he's a he's a medicine man and he's IT expert, backing up everybody, all of Alpha Flight's memories. So I can just pop them back in. So he's doing his spell or incantation or whatever he's doing." And they're coming back like on fast speed. You know, they're not coming back at a hour to hour. They're coming back much faster. And I guess he. And what's weird is we can't pinpoint. What, he just knows they're coming back. He can't tell where Logan is. So it's not like he can. Then like Shaman can see the memories. Mm-hmm. So if he can't see them, how does he know that they end? When? Because that's when he did his last backup. Right. When he left Alpha Flight. Yeah. Or Department H or whatever it was. Yeah, but was even Shaman in Department H at that point? It look, looks like he was. I guess. I don't yeah. know. But so he's so Logan is reliving his to your point of inner light. He's reliving these much faster. Yeah. Than everyone standing around and to them, it's like minutes. And I do like the fact okay. that Professor X is like, "Well, can I help telepathically?" And he says, "Like, there's too da- great a danger of your memories becoming mingled with his." Yeah. And yeah, that's that, that's a cool thing. At the same time, it's also a great device in making sure that we get to see this without them you know, making comment or seeing it is. Because could you imagine what Xavier would think of Logan if he actually saw the brutality of what he does? Oh, I've had the impression that Xavier is known right along. I have a pretty good um, idea. Yeah. 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 yeah, true, true, true. All right, well, let's uh, continue on. We also find out that Wolverine's at least 100 years old from what Shaman says. In that case, it would take more than 100 years than 100 years to accomplish a full restoration. Ugh. Okay, keep going. Must be using optical tape or something. <laughs> Sorry, go ahead. Which I think is older. I think in Origins it was the like the 1860s or 1880s. Yeah. He was born, so he's a little bit older in, that, in the actual Marvel one. But, uh, he basically is raised, he's kind of raised by the Indians. I guess he stays with him for 10 years, grows up, becomes a man, and decides he needs to go out to the world and determine who he is, you know. Uh, but he heads off and finds a cabin where somebody else didn't quite, wasn't as lucky. I think that's his mother. Body. That's his mother. You think he goes back to that cabin? Well, it says, you know, seek the mountain that shares your name, Mount Logan, which is in the Elias Mountains. And that's, yeah. so yeah, he, he just went back home and he found his mother... Uh, his mother there. Ah. Well. Not make that connection. Yeah. And then he makes he's a grown man. There's not much of her body left. I think he just built a memorial. Well, no, he buried the bones. He, he, he did that. You see him, he's. With a shovel. With a shovel and the stone. So, yeah, no, he, he made a proper grave for her. 
I did not make that connection. I thought that was just destroying that somebody else was not couldn't make it in the wilderness. I didn't realize that that was his mother. Yeah. Um, and he was staying. That makes much more sense. Staying in his own childhood home. And okay. this is a little like, is it uh, Wolverine? Where he's living up into the woods mm-hmm. by himself. And he occasionally would go into town to get supplies and stuff. Yeah. And that's when he finds out that, I guess he missed World War I. Um, but he was too young. And he finds well, out it, that... It starts... Oh, yeah, yeah, you're right, you're right. No, he, no, he missed World War I, because that was in the yeah. ten years that he was growing up. Right. So he... I guess Canadian... Uh, the Canadian doesn't do much... The Canadian's doing much of a background check, because he just says, yeah, I'm John Smith. I'm, okay. Well, I mean, even the in the 40s, it's, it was any any strong back yeah. then. And, you know, it's so easy to live off the grid back in those days when, you know, there's not, not really that great of records kept of anyone. You can come in and say you're whoever you are. There were so many, even in the United States, so many young men that were underage that signed up for the military, both in World War One and World War Two. Um, what we saw in Captain America, the first Avenger, Steve Rogers trying to sign up for the military and they knew exactly who he was. That's not something that was really uh, easily, you know, that, that wasn't something that was done very often, but uh, you know, you had, that's just because they have, what's his name there that uh, they were a little bit more uh, frugal about who they allowed in. But if you were in like North Carolina or Iowa or whatever, you walked in off the street to a recruiter, you said you're 18. They're like, all right, let's get you going. Also, the motivation to sign up. Mm-hmm. Um, we, we like to look back on that and say, yeah, that was all patriotism. Now, you have to remember that a lot of these people didn't have anything. The military representative path out of their poverty. Yeah. Uh, yeah. A purpose and it's they'd have structure in their life and that they, uh, you know, that, that that was an improvement for them to move into the military and to be trained. True, it's at a risk, but, uh, you know, that, that was the way that some people got out of poverty. And for others, it offered an outlet for their aggressions. And um, it, the, we're being attacked by a cat, guys. The, the panel... What, was, you're hearing my cat? Yeah, I'm hearing your cat. Sorry. No, that's all right. I, that's all right. He wants to be fed. I just wanted to make sure it was a cat that one of you guys yes, had. Yeah. yeah, it is a cat. Sorry. Okay, no I'm going to go feed it. I'll be right back. Okay. The, the panel where we see him with the memorial and him kind of wandering into town in that very bottom panel, it almost looked like that's been inked. It, the, the pencils are very dark. Yeah. And I don't know if that's something to do with his... His photocopying of it. I think that's something that he had done earlier. Um, Think so. And and just sitting there saying, "Okay, I need to get to here somehow," and I think that's why he did these memory panels the way he did. You notice where he's got the little odd borders um, on those, which are really really cool, like old pictures, frayed pictures. Like fuzzy, yeah. It's like you know, it's like a yeah. Well, foxing around the edges, as as, uh, Colson would say. Yeah. Well, on the next page, do you think it just shows him going to, I guess that's him in the bottom panel where he's got a rifle in his hand because he basically finds out he has a, he has a kind of a act for killing. Taste for killing, really. Taste for killing. And the, and then the next page we see him bayoneting a German 
And then the next panel down, we see a silhouette of him with like two Germans on each of his arms. We don't see it. They don't establish it. Do you think he's got his bone claws here? No, there are no bone claws. I didn't think there so. There are no claws um, at this point, no matter, yeah. And that, that was that was something that they, they stated. And, and yeah, and it, we'll, we'll see later here. Yeah, yeah, that explains why. Yeah, we'll see it later. Um, you know, then he gets, he's basically shot through the back, and German's about to kill him, and that's when Cap, Cap shows up. Yeah, well, just, well, you see, we see Cap's shield knock this, uh... With a big thong. Thong. And he says, guess again, Fritz. And we cut back to uh, the present day, and Wolverine's kind of writhing on the floor because he's more in pain. That's when Pablo touches him, and it calms him down. And that's when they have to, basically, he says, you know, is there anything I can do? He says, no, you have to, uh, you have to uh, just let it go, you know, Run his course, and we can't do anything about it. And then we're, again, like all these issues, we're jumping back again. And then we jump back, white planes, to where the, we've established that the Phoenix energy yeah, or entity, back, whatever, has been kept jumping around. Back up a around. second, though, Tim. That, that page there, page three, um, on, on, on the, it's page three of, uh, of the second page there. Uh, the very top panel, of course, is where Wolverine is kind of bucking and Pablo is trying to get to him. But yeah. if you notice, there are so much production markings on this page. It's like Byrne drew it, erased it, drew it, erased it. It's like it 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 took him a long time to to get satisfied with this page with this panel. If if you yeah. look over the top, especially yeah. around Xavier and around Shaman. Even even the yeah, the, was, the other people yeah. in the background, it's obvious that he's. I mean, I guess that's Heather, um, standing in front of uh, uh, you know Vindicator, Guardian, whatever. Yeah, that's. I think that's yeah where he says she's the one that's saying, but he resists it. Um, yeah, it just looks like he might have had a little trouble placing. He probably drew Wolverine first, and he had trouble placing uh, everybody else in the frame because it's got. Everybody's kind of crunched down inside because everybody's kneeling in, and uh, Guardian and Heather, their heads are cut off. But yeah, it's not as clean as some of the rest of them. But yeah, hmm, interesting. And then that bottom left panel of Shaman in in shadow, I really, really like that. Yeah. That's cool. That's nice. Yeah, that would be a that would be a in film you would call that a. Cameo obscuro. obscuro. No, no, no. There's a there's a term when you have you can do it in Star Trek the motion picture all the time when you have the foreground and the background are in focus. Sharp relief. No, it's a it's, it's a camera. Depth of focus. It's a, yeah, but normally you would have you're obviously if you're focused on the foreground, your background would be out of focus. But you can achieve that with a camera, and I can't remember the term for it. So. Everybody's listening to this. Let me know what it's called. Mm. And then we get to uh, the, which I thought the cop looked a little silly wearing the same Phoenix outfit with the sash. Yeah. I thought they might make it a little more masculine, but it's the same, same outfit that Gene wore. I laughed out loud when I first read that. I, I just, <laughs> it's funny. And that is not where I thought this was going. I thought we were doing uh, Proteus. 
Yeah. Or, but obviously there, not. There was, but that's where I thought there this was, was a lot of people out there on Facebook that that thought it was going the Proteus way too. And I just, uh, I mean, for me, the the signs just pointed to Dark Phoenix. I just, I couldn't see it as Proteus just for some so many reasons. Proteus was only in you know Scotland or Europe, or, you know, over there, and. Yeah. Just, I just didn't see how he would have, you know, after his death, would have gotten all the way across uh, the ocean and everything. I mean, you could say that was only a couple months ago in that comic book timeline. Maybe a year, you know? Well, if it wasn't Gene dealing with this, it could have been Proteus. But I think because it's Gene, this is his way of getting yeah. Phoenix back to Gene. And it's just been hopping or, or, from... Or creating the Phoenix's form for being a constant, you know, X-Men villain. Yeah. Or a returning sure. X-Men villain, I should say. Because <clears throat> that's what, what his goal was. And nobody and... draws Cap like Byrne. That's true. And that next page, just the image of Cap standing there above Logan is just... And Bucky right there. Like Robin. Helping him up and 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 this is the part I didn't quite understand that yes he doesn't have his adamantium skeleton right but I would think his bones would heal but it seems like a the flesh is healing but they say the doctors had to put in uh, metal bracing yeah to keep his bones together it's his weakness it's his the, the one one aspect of his mutant power that uh, that that you know he, he he can heal the flesh but he can't heal the bones probably can't even heal his own teeth that's true so he's not going to be at this point he's not going to be and he wasn't back then he's not quite the immortal being that they would later right portray him that you know he could survive just about anything and then grow back. Yeah, this, this makes him a much, much, based on what happens, makes him a much, much more tragic figure. Right, right. Well, later. Yeah. When we get to the next issue. Yeah, but yeah. Um, Cap convinces him. To, this is the only part of this issue I really didn't like. It felt really shoehorned in, which John was on the show. What, to put him into the invaders? Yeah. And um, definitely want John's opinion on that. Yeah, we read the captions we're talking about for the last few weeks and he witnessed Hitler's death he's that was awesome right there that, <laughs> yeah it's not a big big insert it's not but it feels but it is retro retro yeah. history it is you know it's changing something and the invaders yeah, did yeah. they did the torch fry Hitler yes okay very I, well I didn't know that wow oh my god how can you not know that yes it's been debated back and forth whether he did or whether whether Hitler shot himself or what have you, but in in almost all continuities, it's the, the torch that burned him before thought, he could take the cyanide. But didn't Hitler come back in the FF as a psycho man? Or the hate monger? That was a clone. Oh, uh, clone, 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 clone. Okay. okay. Um, I, just, I don't know, I just, it felt a little kind of fan servicey to put him in and it, to your point Kirk it, it's a blank and you miss it you know to the point where he's written not I mean at least it's not it's almost like um, uh, the Sentinel that everybody forgot about the superhero mm-hmm. that everybody forgot about um, and I don't mind I know they had established that I think in 
either X Men book that Logan knew Cap. He had run into Cap during World War II. He didn't fight with the invaders, but he knew of him. That's just, that's another long established how old I've, Wolverine I've was, not but. read the Jim Lee run, but I know there's that issue, the famous issue is Cap and Logan and I think Black Widow on the yeah, cover. That's what I'm referring to. Yeah. I've never read it. <laughs> um, X-Men just got a little too out there for me. It, it, I mean, after Claremont kind of went off the reservation in like the 220s, 230s, I, 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 I never went back, sadly. You're lucky. That's what I hear. Well, now, a- it, from what I understand, the the depiction of the Human Torch killing Hitler was actually depicted in What If... Issue four. So it's been volume one of What If. Uh, it has been. And then there was what? Uh, uh, Young Man 24 in 1953. Yeah, there you go. But in that one, uh, uh, What If Tomorrow wasn't present. Time. So that, I mean, again, that's before the invaders were created by Roy Thomas. So would it just been Human Torch acting alive? It's interesting how they work all that together. But I, I kind of like the whole Invaders bit, uh, even if it just feels like sh- like it shoehorned in. It was kind of kind of cool. Well, there's a lot of this that's setting stuff up. It's yeah. Later when he's assigned to Japan as the Commonwealth Occupation Force, and that so that's established that okay, that, here's his backstory on why he. Japan and why yeah. he eventually would go back there so many times. So and why he speaks Japanese. Right. And it, it it's it, it's I like Fern is doing his origin thirty years after he had obviously if, if he was writing this back in the eighties, would he have this in there because it had it hadn't been established that that Wolverine had been to Japan and had a girlfriend or knew people there and spoke Japanese. So it's like he's trying to fit all the pieces. He knows the end result, so he's kind of coming up with all the little pieces mm-hmm. of the puzzle to make the puzzle work. Um, I, I don't have a problem with it, but it's... Again, I think it was nice to not explain that. You know, do we have to explain why he speaks Japanese, why he has an affinity for the, the land and its people? Um, now, let's... You know, and then, but let's look at something something interesting in what Byrne is writing uh, when he goes back to, to Canada and the stampede happens because the, the way it's yes. written, it's leading. No one yep. will ever be able to say what, with certainty what caused the stampede or if his saddle had really been loosened. And so Logan you know, basically f- f- falls off the horse and gets stampeded, uh, you know, just crushed to mush in the stampede. So, you know, basically that somebody had something to do with it. I think, it again, it's alluding to Sabretooth. Yes, I agree. It's leaving the door open for uh, Wolverine elsewhere or, you know, the invaders elsewhere. I mean, he's leaving the door open here for additional stories. Yeah. But, yeah, I mean, basically saying well, that Logan himself a- wouldn't have been foolish enough to allow something like that to happen... Yeah, but is it? And I guess I, I my reading of this, I kind of bypass that. Uh, is it 
uh, Sabretooth doing this to test him again, or is it Department H because they need? Because that's a long play if it's them. I don't think that. Happened. I mean, it, while we see that, I mean, again, uh, we're not into that uh, issue yet. But you, I mean, no. you learn a lot about Department H and, and or, or the people involved there, people that we don't see later. Um, the, you know that. It's all kind of like a new thing. I don't think they're sitting there saying, you know, we've got all this stuff that we can do. Let's find someone we can do it to, like they did in the movies. By the candidate? Yeah. I don't think it well, was that. I think like, it was... It's like Robocop. Yeah. But th yeah. this right here, Robocop, it, it yeah, just yeah. seemed more like, you know, what do we got? What can we do? Oh, okay. Wow. This is a great idea. We'll, we'll, we'll get to that when we get to that. Uh, I think that the important things to, to discuss here, though, is... Pablo and his outburst about Wolverine's pain, you know, just I, 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 to me, that kills me to see a child, you know, in pain. You, you, you sit there and you think about Logan in pain and you're like, that's what he deals with. That's what Logan does. But then you turn around and you see a child like Pablo reacting to that pain. And that right there is even more painful. And I guess that's as, as a parent. You know, sitting there seeing it, you're just like, oh, God, it tears your guts apart. I think it was really well depicted. That's, you know, what I'm saying. But, uh, yeah, to your point, it's, it's Pablo is almost, it's almost like he's taking on the pain himself. Mm -hmm. But doesn't seem to be, this isn't in, yeah, you're reliving being trampled to death or almost death. Yeah, but, that's but you see here, but you see here, the thing that's, that's interesting about it is before Pablo was involved, Logan was bucking and, and all that stuff in the face of the pain that he was suffering. Here, when it's got to be the worst pain ever being trampled by the bulls, he's not bucking. And Pablo is the one that's actually bucking. Pablo's the one that's reacting to it. So he is in well, some way saying, taking that pain away, like, a, like an empath, right. a gem. It's like, exactly. Very good comparison. Uh, but then he, then he pulls back, you know. So that the scene where, where Sean basically says, "We can't stop this." They're like, "Maybe you should stop for a while." He's like, oh, "We can't, you know, that would cause too much damage." And that's when Xavier's like, "Well, you know, now I'm having second thoughts about this." Um, well, you should have read the, the fine print or gotten the fine print from him before he started. Yeah. <laughs> For not knowing what's going on, Shaman certainly seems to know a lot about what can and can't happen. Well, no, I mean, yeah. Shaman, Shaman is, you know, he's got the information, but nobody asked him for it, so he didn't provide it. And that, that's think, the thing. So technically, he didn't lie to Nobody's him. asking questions. Nobody is, yeah, I, I mean, again, if this had been today, there would have been meeting after meeting and discussions and pie charts and Venn diagrams, you know. And they would have still been deciding whether or not they should, you know, try it. And then the other question is, do we lose the backup after we use it? <laughs> Does it erase itself? Um, you know, is he making a backup of the backup? Ooh, and does it degrade? Well, there you go. <laughs> anyway. Right. Well, this is magic. Yeah, this yeah. is probably, I would say no, this is all magic. I know, it's just, a, it's the BCR joke is all. But yeah, that last little bit about yeah, uh, there's nothing after he joined the X Men, so he's not gonna remember you guys. You, 
And that, that right there is also, of course, interesting because it, 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 it brings up so many possibilities with his character. Um, that was, um, uh, I thought that was very well thought out on Burns' part. Yeah, it's definitely Lawrence. So this this issue definitely a high point in Elswin, and I think the next issue is also a real high point. But it's got that that other storyline that just doesn't do it for me. But it, again, it didn't do it for a lot of people. There's a lot of a lot of negative talk on that particular storyline. Well, you want to get back to the Wolverine yeah, part. Cause, you know, yeah, that's, the, the... that's that's it. And then, you know, mixed with the absurdity of that guy in the Dark Phoenix costume, it's just like, oh, man. That's, yeah. That's, that's... that's messed up. Yeah, yeah. Dave Cochran's look doesn't work for men as much as it does women. <laughs> well, if they just got rid of the sash, you know, and, and put some trunks on him. There you go. On. Yep. Well, we want to get on to issue twenty-eight and find out Absolutely. what happens to our uh, our our uh, outstanding hero here. Absolutely. All right. Well, we are jumping right into issue twenty-eight, which is entitled "What Price Yesterday Part Two. Uh, same creator, Burn is doing everything here. We open in the past in a hospital on a bed with a man in full body cast and traction. Matt is Logan, and from the conversation between the doctors and the military, he has not spoken or moved in 20 years. Will, a wheelchaired man named Dr. Kane is anxious to proceed with a plan we are not privy to. See, Dr. Kane is dying, and the Canadian government wants his expertise before he is called home. Discussion continues for several hours. Later that night, a nurse enters his room and proclaims her love for the immobile patient. Present day. Logan's fellow X-Men worry over his condition. Jaman cannot determine where in his life Logan is, and he can do nothing to help. Jaman speculates he might speculate it's, he might be at a crucial turning point in his life. The birth of the Wolverine. Back to the past. Logan is wheeled into an operating room. A team of doctors prepare for a very special operation. They intend to replace Logan's damaged bones with new limbs made from a super light, very strong alloy. Anyone can guess which kind it is? They worry about the severe pain the patient will suffer when Logan suddenly speaks after 20 years. Tells them to put up or shut up. 27 hours later, his damaged bone is removed and a new metal one in its place. With no rejection, he says, now there's only 205 bones left to go. Back to present. White Plains. Jean Grey confronts the Phoenix cop. The creature seems to remember Jean. He wants her and will have her. He erupts with power, and Jean tries to contain it. His parents look on in horror as their daughter struggles to contain the power of the Phoenix. They decide to call the X-Men. Jean's sister Sarah answers the phone but is suddenly cut off. Back to the past. Two years have passed. Final procedure is complete. Logan has a fully metal skeleton. Severin Canadian wants to try to walk against his doctor's orders. It does not go well. The doctor tries to help Logan up off the floor when Logan's rage boils over and he attacks the staff before they can sedate him. Eris Yuka tries to calm him while the doctor jabs a needle in his back. His reaction is most unexpected. 
with a snick, pops his claws for the first time to his horror. Sedative starts to work and he crumbles to the floor. His doctor is outraged with the weapons that Govern has installed in Logan. But they had to justify the $8 million of taxpayer money. Mm-hmm. Eat your heart out, Steve Austin. <laughs> Present day, Central Europe. A metal encased face discusses world conquest with Magneto. Doom shows the master magnetism, the corpse of Kurt Wagner. The Kurt Wagner from his universe. Doom has encased the body in a substance that keeps it from reacting to this universe. Perfect for studying. Cut to our Nightcrawler, high above the towers of Manhattan. He muses over the events of the last few weeks, when suddenly he is attacked by Sentinels? No, Doombots. The past again. Logan's body has fully accepted his new replacement parts, but he must remain under heavy sedation to deal with the pain. The doctors leave with Yuka watching over him until the next shift. Logan asks for no more drugs, and Yuka says she is going to help him escape. Logan worries his constant pain would make him a danger to her. And early he offers Logan some reefer to ease the pain, but the Canadian refuses. He has to train himself to tolerate the pain. Until then, he will be a danger to anyone around him. He must leave alone. Within the hour, he is gone, and he hops a train. He travels far beyond the reach of man or machine. In the years that follow, he slips into myth and legend. And one day, he encounters Heather Hudson in the wilderness. Back present day, White Plains. Cyclops and Storm speed in a flying car in search of Jean. They spot a plume of smoke and they land. Now in their costumes, they rush to the scene only to find Jean Grey is Phoenix. Be continued. Yeah, wow. Um, that last panel actually, a lot happened. that last panel really fried my brain for a month, you know? Um, but yeah, no, this, uh, again, this, this issue is why we read comics. Um, it just, you know, really grabbed you the whole time. And I'll say even the Phoenix storyline in this one wasn't, uh, wasn't, uh, really that much, you know, bad. I mean, you still wanted to get back to the Logan storyline, but it was still interesting. I thought. Um, and some crazy stuff happened in there. Well, you finally got Jane back in Phoenix, which is, I think, where he was going. Yeah, but you also so got it's to... like, okay, now the story can go. And it brought in, you know, started to bring in the other X-Men. And then the Doom storyline itself. I mean, you, you get Doom on the page and you're just, like, enthralled, you know. But I gotta ask, uh, in that very first page, first panel, did, uh, I mean, it, we don't really see this guy anymore, but there's a military guy standing there in a beret, and it made me think of Colonel Troutman from Rambo, the first uh, first blood. <laughs> but I don't think we ever see that well, guy again. No, he's just there representing the... the. Has this Dr. Kane ever been no. established before? He's completely new. Yeah, he's just some, some a burn creation for the storyline. Yeah. He's not the creator of Adamantium, so no, that, maybe it's he's created a process for, for grafting it to the because this is yeah because unlike well unlike you know that has always been we've never had that a full uh, story of how that's happened you know in the, in the movies they act like they've injected into the bones and it kind of 
encompassed them. Yeah. So in the first X Men movie, it looked like he had strips applied to his bones, so his bones were still there, but they were just strengthened. Um, and when he's uh, uh, obliterated in Days of Future Past, it looks like a metal skeleton. Yeah, and that's uh, you know very oh. Terminator-like. But yeah, exactly. There's an aspect in here, and I'll point it out when we get to it. That's kind of clunky. But uh, we'll get there. I mean, the, the first thing I wanted to point out was, you know, that Logan was in the care of this place for, what, 20 years? And he never spoke or anything? How did this woman fall in love with him if he never speaks? I don't Can't move, <laughs> can't do anything. You know, here she is relatively, I, I have to say she's relatively young because there's no real wrinkles on her face. But, and then she's in love with him, you know. Florence Nightingale syndrome, whatever you want to call it. But Yeah. You ever read Johnny Got His Gun? Nope. Uh, then we won't go there right okay. now. <laughs> okay. Um, but then we get this nice uh, image of the X-Men and Alpha Flight all standing over Logan with Joff and uh, uh, Pablo and his mother. I kind of wondered about the perspective on that and the size ratios. I mean, Colossus next to Shaman next to uh, Mac. And Xavier in the chair. I, I'm like, is that are the proportions really right? I like the image. It's just, it's like, it seems off a little bit. Well, they're all little. And even Guardian looks a little... More muscular than Byrne used to draw him. But. Well, I mean, again, the musculature was from the suit, not Guardian himself. It, it was a layer outside of him. So, kind of like the Flash's costume in that 90s TV series. Oh, okay. I thought that was just, I thought it was basically just all circuitry. It was still form fitting. Well, I mean, he always drew it to be form fitting, but I always thought, you know, yeah. it was like, you have to, it has to create a layer. I mean, it's got to be at least an inch thick, if not more. And so, you know, he's like, you know, I could use a, a, a more pronounced rib cage. Or... <laughs> no. Peter looks a little truncated. He he looks a little odd. Well, he's sad. No, I'm just, I think he just looks... Yeah, the proportions, I think, are a little off on yeah, him, you know? Off a little bit, yeah. Um, but your focus is on Wolverine. That's a nice little prone shot of, yep. of Wolverine. And he definitely looks the right size and everything. And I, I see his, his left arm there, and it makes me think of the Winter Soldier, unfortunately. Yeah. From, from the movies. His right. Yeah. Those bandages. Yep. Well, his, the, what's odd is we see, and I thought this was very uh, $6 million man, because they, they wheel him in, yeah. and they've got him raised in some kind of a, like an exoskeleton, I guess, to keep his... Because his bones are not healing, they basically have yeah. to keep him immobile, and they say that they have to keep him exactly still. And they wheel in this uh, this leg. It looks like it's his leg. It's his femur. That has, is right? really. That's that's kicked me right out of the story. That leg, because that that I, I don't see how that could be sure. a human leg and foot. I mean, he have he would have no toes. No toe. Well, I guess the toes are separate. Maybe he has little adamantium toes. Yeah, I, I mean, it says two hundred and 
five more to go. I mean, but that that's not real bone structure what he's got there. I mean, because you have two bones there, going down, you know, going down into the 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 ankle, and then where's the ball joint for the ankle? I, I mean, it, it's it's not human biology as as we know it. So, I, I mean, he probably could have done other stuff to explain it or whatever, but I just thought that was kind of a clunky image. Well, they've never, yeah, coming from burn, he's just. And maybe that's smaller. They have never... Look at the guy handling it um, in the bottom left panel, and maybe yeah. that's not the full foot. That's just a small portion of, of what goes into the joint. Yeah. And that could be. Yeah. Well, and Wolverine, it's five foot one or two or however tall he is. But it, didn't they start with the arm? Wouldn't be very tall anyway. Didn't they actually start with the arm first? Yeah, it, 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 looks is the, like it looks like the left arm is the first thing they start with. Yeah. So coming in off the shoulder that's, to um, that's not a to the elbow. That's not an arm. I don't know. That's what, that's not an arm. That's a leg. It's, I think that's got to be a leg, unless that's I'm the shoulder it's joint. The shin. Knee down to the ankle. Yeah, yeah that's, that's, that's what I, I thought that was, right, but that's not what they actually implant first, or at least it doesn't look like it. Looks like no, it, but that's sitting off to the side, ready for the next surgery the guy's handling it but they're not doing that you follow what i'm saying yeah. it's lined yeah. up it's an assembly line okay and once we finish the arm now we're going to do the leg now we're going to yeah but well they, uh, and it, it, this is it's let's see here it begins they remove all the shattered bone and 27 hours later the first bone is in place so there's no point in having all yeah. those other bones just laid out ready to go in because they're just going to collect dust well it's a uh... It's 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 Bird's way of doing his explanation because the guy picks it up and he pokes himself and he goes, oh, those have got microscopic barbs all over. Yes, oh my the, the muscles can attach, and because of that, he will be in constant pain. Kind of late comes up in his story. You think this is Bird's way of saying when we meet Wolverine originally and he joins the X Men, and he's he hints that he's got this animalistic side of himself he's always having to keep his barbaric rage in check you think that's more his constant pain instead of his animalistic side that's keeps coming coming out well i, I mean yeah definitely and uh, there's i mean there's just so many things going into who he is and the things he's experienced that and just adding that extra pain to it yeah you're going to go into that that animal side right away. That's yeah, so it's not reference. so much his animalistic side. It's it's more his. Uh, he they did that with Puck, and I don't know if that was when Burn was on the book or later that they established that Puck was yeah. keeping some demon. Yeah, that was later. Yeah, later, yeah. That, that was, was after. Was immediately after. In pain. Manlo, yeah, and yeah. he was constantly in pain. Yeah, um, that never happened. With that's that's outside my head, Cannon. Yeah. Same here. Alpha light stop with twenty-eight. <laughs> um, and it, it's interesting that Byrne decided that Wolverine's bones do not heal. They don't. But it makes it looks like they're just taking out. That's better than than saying the government's going to take them out to make a weapon. You know. Yeah. Well, again, if. Did they take them out, or did they just add? Did they strengthen them? Because they've never established if they've 
if they're replacing they removed all, all the shattered bone, bone. They, they, they they removed the shattered bone and there's no point in replacing it to to be part of because it's never going to reform it's never going to heal up so it's just right. a matter of so he's got to removing it all together so he's got a completely metal skeleton, skeleton. yes how does he produce white blood cells it's a comic book well, Burns got into all this trouble. <laughs> he sure has. The, the bone spurs have... in the bottom left hand yeah. corner. I mean, come on. Have a have a throwaway line to say, oh, and it's got an artificial whatever I, I that I, will filter out. I don't think that that he needed that. I mean, just that Wolverine, of course, has got this healing factor that fights off any infection, any whatever. Uh, you know, again, it's a mutant power. We can we can understand it. We can take accept a mutant power, but we can't accept you know that he doesn't have bone marrow. I I, I don't have a problem with it myself. Maybe um, maybe he doesn't he doesn't uh, uh, doesn't need yeah. it. I mean, uh, the Ultimate Universe they established that he didn't his mutant power wasn't for healing; it was for surviving. Because they cut his head off, and he's still he's still able to communicate with. Nick Fury, but it's an interesting take that this is Burns' take on how the government did it. Uh, it fits in with him drawing that skeleton in Days of Future Past when he's got all his flesh burned away. We see a metal skeleton, and it makes Wolverine not quite the unkillable, unstoppable person that he later would become. That he could survive anything. That this is. You know, he's in constant pain, which make your point, it makes him much more sympathetic. Um, and it explains his, probably his outbursts later on when he's, he's stressed. You can't contain that. And he kind of goes crazy. It, the fact that he speaks up after 20 years and says, just do it, you know, you know, get on with it. So, and the nurse says later, nurse said earlier, I know you can, I know you can hear and you feel. So they, they he's not in a coma. They, he knows he's awake. He just chooses not to talk. And then I guess he thinks this is his only way out because otherwise I can stay in this cast for the rest of my life or they can do this and I can get up and be mobile again. I think Byrne inserted that to, so that it answers the question about consent. You now they're saying that, that, that he has to, he had to insert that so that we could feel comfortable that Logan consented to this. Otherwise, that question will always hang in the balance. Well, he didn't yeah. consent to everything. But he no, didn't consent to the clause. Clause. Yeah. He didn't know about that. Then we cut. You know. Then we, unfortunately, we have to cut to uh, Man Phoenix and Jane is. I didn't bring it up my synopsis, but Jane thinks. She's trying to spare her parents or everybody else by basically saying, I'm the one you want. You know, if, if you stay away from them, whatever business you've got is with me. Because the Phoenix doesn't seem to be, it seems, and the parents say it's childlike. It doesn't seem to understand, it has memories of who she is, who they are. It's like remnants of her memory. Uh, it's almost like the Phoenix is not a fully formed intelligence on its own. It has to borrow the, the intelligence from whatever host it has. Yeah. It was uh, like a child. He's like getting his way. Who does this guy look like? 
You said man phoenix. Is that Prince? <laughs> I don't know. No, I mean, he was, he was, if I remember right, he was Latino. Yeah. So, um, not, not really Prince, but I can see where you get that. He's got the pencil thin mustache. That very first image of him actually has got kind of a little Richard look to it. Um, yes, that's where yeah, I was going. But, Thank but, you. Yeah, with the hair more than Prince. Yeah. But, nah. I mean, it's just, you know, the way he drew this guy and the, the lighting of it, of the Phoenix power and, and all that. But, uh, yeah. It, it's still, with the sash, it's just, yeah, it, 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 it's so wrong. <laughs> and and the, the hip boots, you know? Whew. Sash is what kills it. Sash is what um, throws it off. And if it had been colored, it would be Pirates? dark Phoenix colors, not green Phoenix colors, right? Yeah. Right. No, no, you can tell, I think, by how dark he's got yeah. the costume. It'd be the red, but... And um, on, the, on the next page is all that stuff is flying around, and John Gray's, like, um, calling. And, and you can see they got caller ID up, and there's actually a phone number, 555-971, but I can't read the last four digits. But caller ID saying it's John Gray. Yeah, it strangely looks like a young He does look like a young J. Jonah Jameson there, too. Yeah. And then they call Sarah. And it's, that's her apartment, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, Jane's apartment. apartment. Scott and, and Storm Jane's were apartment. waiting for, for her. They said she'd be two hours the last time they spoke about it, you know. Yeah. And then we go back to Logan. Back to Logan and her. Got this you know, hippie, orderly. Back in the 60s, late 60s, early 70s, in commercials, if they put in a phone number... That you could read in a t television show or in a in a commercial, mm -hmm. uh, people would actually dial the number. And what they the, the first instance this is kind of a side tangent, yeah. but the first instance I was aware of was the uh, uh, high karate aftershave lotion that they put a phone number in it. That if you dialed it, it went to actually a a, a joke line <laughs> for um, for high karate aftershave. The emergency response line that if you're in trouble, give us your name and address, and we'll send a team of women over right away. You know, it was it was a joke, but in fact they had to be very careful that whenever they displayed or mentioned phone numbers in television shows, they had to be unworking lines because people were in the habit of calling those numbers to see who was there. That's why that's always five 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 because that's the yes. text they don't use. Exactly. Nowadays, if you like, they would put a a website. So if you click on it, like an Easter egg, it would take you to some promotional uh, website or something. Yeah, exactly. The only five 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 number I knew that was really good was five 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 one two one two, which is what you would call for directory assistance. And then there was a oh, yeah. five 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 four three three four was a national use, but we never used it. I don't think. And then there was an like one two one two. We would we would call to get the time and the temperature. No, that was oh well. Sorry, it's different in Fort Worth. It's like eight four four eighty four numbers in the eight one seven eight six seven five three zero nine. Jenny, uh, that's Jenny. Right. Um, but there was okay. there was also the but the five 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 numbers, and again it was without area code, but it was supposed to be designated for Hollywood. And that was, you know, five 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 oh one hundred to oh one nine nine. So like 
Yeah, so they, they were still limited on the numbers they could actually say because other numbers were actually being used. Wow, we learned something today, didn't we? I mean, I, I just learned how to Google it and found that. Did I lose you guys? So, Logan is falling out of his chair. Mm -hmm. Falling, he can't get up. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, and he's... Uh, this is where we get his anger is because he says his, his frustration is boiling over. Yeah, but you, you look at him and you see that his arms are really encased where every other part of him is. I mean, I guess the arms were the last things that he did. Or maybe that's because the is more because of his claws. Yeah, like because they put the claws in and it, yeah, they're just trying to make sure it stays together while it heals up. But I would think replacing his skull would have been the most complex because you're replacing eyes, his brain, uh, yeah, they, mouth. They um, kind of jumped teeth. around that one. I mean, it's two years that have passed yeah. in all that. Yeah. And again, that's Eric's point. It's kind of comic book stuff. Did they give a name to the hippie guy? Oh. Uh, eventually, I think they do. When he, but I saw him there, too. The officer said the reefer. I, I tried to do timeline backtrack because we are given some dates in the comic. Oh, yeah. And I estimated that if at the end of the war, that's 45, mm -hmm. he goes to Japan, the occupying force, maybe that's another four or five years, so that's 1950. Then he goes back to Calvary and gets, works as a cowboy maybe a year or so, a couple years, gets trampled, and it's 20 years later. So this would put it about the early 70s. Yeah, that's possible, and there's so many that were ambiguous that didn't really give, but I'd say that it's got to be late 60s or early 70s simply because of the talk of the hippie guy and the reefer right. talk, right. and the fact that they call it reefer. Yeah, right. Well, that way, his name is Sprouse. Sprouse. I've never seen him before. I think he's just... Well, yeah, I don't know if he's, <clears throat> I don't know if the guy that's saying hurry with that shot, if he's, you know, when, when, uh, when Wolverine's having his first berserker, I don't know if that's supposed to be him. Uh, oh, the soldier? The side of the hypodermic. Well, the soldier's to the left with the beret. Right, right. But the guy on the right grabs him around the neck who says none of his muscles have atrophied or doc hurry with that shot. Um, I'm not sure if that's Sprouse, because later on, when he says, Uncle's here, and I got something for you, um, the, the nurse, the Oriental nurse, Yucca, whatever her name is. Yucca, Yucca. Yeah. Anyways, she says, Sprouse, you shouldn't be here. Or, you know, that's where we get his name. But I, I assume he's the same guy. He's got the same long hair and mustache. Yeah. That's what I thought. Yeah. yeah. And he's... They need to have a connection with... Logan, because he could push him around. Um, but we get the claws for the first time, and Wolverine is absolutely horrified uh, by what what has popped out of his skin. And hey, they are uh, sticking with the model. They're coming out kind of the top of his, his hand, not in between, like the movie established. They came out in between his fingers. It's where, I mean, based on the way it comes through his wrist, it's where whichever way his hand is positioned so it can come out 
yeah. anywhere. It could come out of his palms if he has his hands the wrong way. True. Hands up. So, right. yeah, I mean, it's just him knowing that they're going to come out. He is always careful to have them come out those bionic housings in his costume, uh, which is like a guider. I'm sure it's, yeah. Right. So where was the yeah. first time that we saw the claws come out of his hands instead of being part of the costume? Is that satellite when he's we they're on the satellite and he pops his claws out of costume and everybody kind of reacts because they thought right. the claws were part of his costume he's like right no they're not they're part of me never at who wrote that was Claremont. that, was that claremont's invention or was it the artist no, who instead well when when Cochran was the artist I when her trimpy originally drew him based off of uh, john ramita's design they they originally thought they were just a thing that that he had on his arms to to do that and of course the blades are completely different they're flat but you know horizontal rather vertical and so you know that that logan would cut a different way but uh then you know as he moved on and dave cochran was drawing them and then burn drawing them they did the claws a different way you notice that there's a burn's always drawing the claws Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, Byrne drew, drew them um, as kind of a long extending blade, but you can see there's a little curve to them. Whereas other mm-hmm. other artists like Miller draw them into you know short, basically katanas coming out of his you know coming out of his arm. Right, because to me, Byrne his claws always look like they were cylindrical, like they didn't have have an edge to them, and. Mm. You're right. When when Miller did them, they look more like almost like they're in the film. They're a flat blade, almost like out of a like a, a sword. A knife. Because burns come to a, a yeah, like a knife. Burns come to a fine point, um, which but still won't work for stabbing. But they are supposed to be sharp. But again, it's comics. We don't have to. We don't have to have accurate blades. That's the, you know, you, and they, I think they established this later, maybe they did in the film, that it, it, you know, he feels pain every time, because they're, they're poking through his skin, and his skin kind of heals around him. So every time he pops his claws, it's going to hurt. Was it in the movie where somebody says, does it hurt? And he says every time. Yeah, very first yeah, movie. I think that's Rogue the asks him. First yeah. yeah. I but thought that was interesting, because I didn't get that, but... That makes sense. Makes more sense. So where are we down to now? Doom. We're down to Doom, which that's a we'll say that's a great shot of Doom's eyes. Yeah. Um, the old Kirby shot. And we I'd almost forgotten about this storyline that Doom has found uh, the Magneto from the alternate universe has made it into our universe. And Doom has found him, cured him, or he's got him in a harness or something that keeps him from reacting to our universe. Otherwise, he would degrade. And he's got the dead Nightcrawler body that I need to use to teleport between the two universes. And Doom is using it for something. He's got him in, like, amber so he can study him. It, a, an unstable molecule slurry, I'll, I'll call it. <laughs> <laughs> well, 
Mm-hmm. And then we get our Nightcrawler. And this this is kind of the beginning. Picking up a story is starting a new one because we get I would, our Kurt Wagner's. Yeah, I'd love to see that across. image colored because you get the American flag with the backdrop of the city and Nightcrawler in his costume. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, just he's kind of recovered from all the stuff that's happened in the previous issues. And I, and I guess I never picked up on it. It's supposed to be Christmas, isn't it? He says, meanwhile, people in New York are going about their business, rejoicing in the festive season. It looks like Christmas. It's taking a bit for the page to Yeah, it looks like there's snow. Wait a minute. Yep. Wait a minute. You're talking about where night crawlers over, uh, over top of Manhattan? There's yeah. an American flag underneath yeah, the next page. It could be the 4th of July. Next, next page. Um, oh, sorry. Now everybody's dressed in warm in, in warm clothing, coats and stuff, and carrying around Macy's bags and. You're right. Yeah, I, definitely. Yeah. And there's stars and other state, you know, Christmas stars draped above the city with ribbons yep. and bows and. Yeah. No, it's Christmas time. Favorite time of year. Which. Which doesn't make. Okay, if I go back to when Jean went. Yeah, I guess it looks like there's snow in the ground. They're not necessarily dressed for cold weather, but parents are wearing coats and stuff. So I guess it is Christmas time. He's pointing out global warming. It's just not always going to be snow. Yeah. yeah. Some days it'll be 80, you know. Then, then we get the, what look like sentinels flying overhead and blast Kirk, the loud pakum. and. <laughs> And he's uh, and people are running, and they think it's Sentinels, and it turns out, no, it's Doombots. Yeah, but that's that's and not that's a surprising it. mistake. Number one, because Sentinels attacked New York City not too long before, so it's right. going to be fresh in everybody's mind. Sentinels again, no. and then Doombots look a lot like short Sentinels. Just take that little thing off they the top of their head, and you, you can easily mistake little them. push button. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> It's a toilet paper roll is what I thought it was, or to- toilet paper, you know, just make it easy for anybody and, walking by. Hey, oh, hey, I need some. You know. and, and technically, are these are these Doombots? Because I thought Doombots really meant the robotic oh, Dr. Yeah, Doom. I, I don't know what you call them then. Um, it's a generic term. Yeah, I just refer to them yeah. as that because they work for Doom. And, yeah. Stormtroopers. Yeah. They're like Stormtrooper Doombots, right. Yeah. Uh, and it looks like they are trying to capture possible. I don't. They're trying to capture. They look, they're yeah, they're, they're going after um, Doc, uh, no, Nightcrawler. Nightcrawler. I mean, they say yield. They're giving him a chance to, you know, turn himself in. I'm curious though. The first panel where they're attacking him. What does that thing on the wall say? It's like first something. else oh, a bank sign, isn't it? Yeah, because yeah. one of the cops say they're outside the Latvian embassy. They must have come out of the the embassy. And because it goes, Latvian, does that mean they got diplomatic immunity? Yep. Then Danny Glover shoots him in the head. <laughs> it's uh, been revoked. <laughs> oh, yeah. Then we get uh, Wolverine, who's very hairy Wolverine, who's down and they're keeping him heavily sedated, I guess, so he won't react. And his doctor, I don't know if you ever get her name, but it's like his, and how she didn't realize that they were, I would think she could be there with all the operations, how they snuck in those. She's Summerall. Uh, She's Dr. Summerall. 
So you're all, okay. Because the one, one, one guy refers refer to a careful summer all you can spend the rest of your life behind bars just for saying that That's right. out loud, so. Right. Um, but she's, she's basically outraged as they installed these weapons, these bones. And he's like, well, you know, we got to, got to justify. It's a lot like Steve Austin. And, you know, we have to set, justify spending six million dollars putting you together yeah, get her so you gotta go on some missions for it so yeah they, well so at this they, point yeah. has uh, the the older doctor died because now you got young dr lamb yeah yes he's gotta be out of it another loose end though if he wants to pick it up for another story somewhere yeah And then, of course, you know, Wolverine tells you can no more drugs. He doesn't want any. And, of course, the uh, old hippie guy comes in, Sprouse, comes in with some military-grade hash, the finest kind. You got to wonder what's military-grade. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if that's going to kill them. Because he says, uh, constant pain, every nerve and file, it could push me over the edge. And now I'm a living weapon. So, yeah, I think this is burned established that when he does go berserk because of the pain, not because he's got this animalistic nature that he can't control. But yeah, it just makes him hair trigger. Ah, yeah. dang. That's, yeah. Do you think this is any way Burns' commentary on drugs? Sure. He give it to him and Burns says, nope. Or what Logan says, no. Like yeah. Um, He's got to, got to learn to control it himself. So he basically has to go out and walk about it again. Yeah. I, I you know, and, and, and personal experience comes in on that. Not not my, per, well, I mean, it was my mother. Um, in her last year, she was suffering from stage four lung cancer. And chemo and everything didn't really do the job. And so she was in constant, constant pain. And um, they gave her a couple choices, and you know, basically, it was either morphine or medicinal marijuana. But you know, their generation was so indoctrinated against mar marijuana that there, there was a flat-out refusal never ever to to even give it a try. And right. so it was it was a morphine, which I I wouldn't say is really any better. Um, definitely more you know addictive and all that. Um, and she'd only have like two hours of lucidity a day. And even those, that time wasn't really, you know, it just, yeah, it, 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 it's always, a horrible existence, by the way. I always, I always thought medical marijuana was more to deal with the nausea, not to actually um, kind of deaden the pain. But it was more to deal with the sickness. Well, it's, it's like the guy says, you know, you know, it may not, you know, get away, get, get rid of the pain, but you really won't care. Alcohol did the same thing. Um, yeah. But what do you... And I think I know why. He's got this nurse. Uh, Yuka, UK. Uh, it's probably pronounced UK. Yeah, yeah. that's wrong. UK. He's making her... I don't know if she's Japanese or... or I mean, I think he's making her Asian to establish that maybe he likes... He has a an affinity, affinity for affinity for Asian women because he explains his his uh, relationship later, uh, or maybe she's going to come back into the the story. I don't know that 
it's also uh, he's, he's working against type. Instead of Rose being a redhead and leading the gene, now uh, Burn is instead going with the uh, the Asian woman, uh, you know, and his interest in Japan and leading to America. Yeah. And you know, it's still, I, I guess, you know, we're, we're supposed to believe that you know what what's going on leads him to modern day, and this is still what looks to be about fifty years ago. This part of his origin, and and he's out in those woods for years and years, uh, again off the grid until he comes across Heather and Mac, and then that image of. Um, the first image, of course, is at the bottom of the panel where he's, you know, on the train out in the woods and he finds his way and it says more and more years until he slips at last from human memory into the realms of myth and legend. And then one day when I see that image, it makes me think of um, the first uh, Rambo, the Big first Bush. blood movie with Sylvester Stallone. Well, he is. Yeah, he's he's living much more primitively. Yeah. Barry has a little lean-to, he's cooking, he has a fire, he's killing and cooking something. But then that last image on the next page where he pops up in front of Heather, and he's in, like, he's full beast. Yeah, he's awesome. He's old. I think he'd have a longer beard than that. Um, but And this ties in. Didn't they establish that Heather and Mac had found him in the woods? Yes, yes. Trained him to human again and brought him back around, and, and that's when he brought him in. So um, now is Heather considered a redhead? I want to say yes, but yes, I'm not might, sure. Might, Auburn, you know, Auburn hair. Yeah. yeah, it might say why he. I thought I was able to go for would go for Gene or Phoenix. I think that's what that was for, because he kind of saw them as oh, he, yeah. He's completely feral now and they kind of bring him back um, to humanity when he starts working for um, Armin H. And I, I think it I think when that storyline was going on they implied that he didn't have the adamantium and then they find him bring him in they civilize him and then Armin H gets their hands on him and gives him the um, yeah. Adamantium. Yeah, part of the Weapon X project. So, and all that, yeah. 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 Which is, I, it's a shame that I really thought that's where the issue should have ended. It feels that's a natural ending. Then we have to have this little kind of teaser when Storm and Cyclops are rushing. Oh, this is messed up. Their this what, shield flying this, this actually got me interested in the storyline. Because, you know, they're, there they are, they're, they're, they're flying around in the flying Rolls Royce. I don't know if that's a silver cloud or what, but that's definitely a rolls. You can tell by the hood and the, the front ornament on the third panel. Um, but they come across that that it, that vision. I mean, and they get changed into costume pretty quick because they're in street clothes. But you, you well, can see Storm is like already getting ready to switch. But yeah. she's she's one of those that she can just use her power to change into costume. But Cyclops actually has to. He must be wearing it underneath. Get dressed. Yeah. Oh, I'm sure he is. But she's still wearing that kind of tattered uniform that she had to make do with when her, the costume was I like um, it. Destroyed. I like it. Uh, 
I, I go back to her other costume. I like. I think it's more of a classic. Yeah. Um, but then we've got full on, and I I think I've read the issue after yeah. this, and I honestly can't remember <laughs> what's going on. But it looks like mom is that dead. is her own mother. She's holding. Yeah, right? it looks like she's yeah, dead. Yeah, that is her mother. And that, right? that freaked me out. I look dead, and the. Uh, the cop in the background is just horrified, I guess, because he's like, I'm, I'm amazed he survived. I thought he would have burned up, you know, much like that's what I thought too. To his big well, it's, who's above him? That's, 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 yeah, that's John Gray. Yeah. Okay. So, I bet, and I, again, I haven't read the issue, I have to read, I can't remember. Um, but to, I think to your point, Brian, this is kind of get back to Wolverine. That's, that's, that's kind of why we came. This this B story is. Yeah, but this really up a little this bit, really but. got me though. The 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 thought that she may have killed her mother, and I mean, I, again, I wasn't so uh, entrenched in the Phoenix part. And the thing is, I didn't feel like this was full on Phoenix, but but just the entity trying so hard to be it, but failing. And do you know what is the 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 the, the thing that points to that? Is her hair. Because her hair is just Jean Grey hair. And if you watch Phoenix, when Phoenix is full Phoenix, she got control of that hair and it's all over the place. It's it's beautiful yet it, deadly and dark. And yeah, here it's it may just be, Jean's hair. Yeah, maybe the entity hasn't taken full control. Jean is still struggling. Obviously, it's, it's the entity taking over Jean, not duplicating her as before. Right. So... Interesting. But she yeah. had to shut down the mind completely, and, and we'll see that in later issues. We'll talk about that later. But yeah. uh, so this yeah. is going to be twenty nine thirty for the next installment. Yep, and yeah. hopefully we'll get to it quicker I, than than because it's been what almost what nine months since we last covered, and we just had so much going wow. on. It's so run. yeah, we can we can get to it. We we will have a we'll have a Halloween. Because uh, Halloween's coming up, we're gonna have. We need to decide what we're gonna do for that. We'll all dress up like Dark Phoenix. <laughs> I still have it. Been... Well, any. Or uh, hmm? I'm gonna say anything. Um, anything well, else we uh, we haven't covered? I mean, you know, the, I'll, I'll just say that that this issue delivered uh, the you know that piece of Logan's history that I think that we wanted to see in, in the way that we wanted to see it. Um, it, it, it gave a lot of, uh, of good information that no other type of origin of Wolverine really handled properly, I think. Uh, I mean, I do kind of like that, that Barry Windsor Smith uh, series that was in the, the Marvel Comics Weekly. Uh, and, and they but put that, it together as the next storyline where they show him getting his powers. And then there's a, uh, a really good animated movie called uh, Hulk vs. Wolverine out there that you can watch which kind of plays with all that but it also brings in the whole weapon x group so you get to see like omega red and early early deadpool uh really being yeah. that deadpool that that breaks the fourth wall and 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 talks and walkies and walking non sequitur uh but you've also got death strike in there uh uh, uh lady what was her name from the um she actually came from daredevil I and Lady Deathstrike, the one with the long fingers. Yeah, yeah, Lady Deathstrike. Yeah, many she fingers. was, um, yeah. her, her father was uh, Darkwind, who was a failed kamikaze pilot 
who was in disgrace and he was always trying to bring himself back into the fore to become a, a crime lord. And he had killed his daughter's uh, beloved. Uh, so she wanted to fight against him. And she was working with Daredevil, who was in Japan, trying to track down uh, Bullseye. Uh, Bullseye had gotten his back broken in a fight with Daredevil. And apparently some people were taking him to Japan to do the same process to him that was done to Wolverine to give him adamantium bones to, you know, but of course he doesn't have the healing factor that, that, that Daredevil, I mean, that Wolverine had. But um, the the daughter, uh, Lady Deathstrike, was uh, you know, basically Daredevil's uh, confidant in all this, and she actually became his lover. Uh, at one point, her boyfriend gets killed. The city custom and, cash um, card. Oh, A me. different kind of card that automatically... Something happened there. Um... You know, they get involved in it. The last we saw, though, is that she walked away from it all. And then now she comes in, and I, I hear you. Then now she comes back years later, and she is adjusted by all this. And you'll see that in a very early 200s issue of the X-Men, again, drawn by Barry Windsor Smith. Wolverine against the, was it the Reavers? The, they were the, the, the guards from the, Imper- uh, from the, um, the Hellfire Club. That Wolverine had chopped. The Reavers up. are the. They're, they're all biotic. They're, they're all. Yeah. And they yeah. had joined with Lady Deathstrike in an effort to hunt down and kill Wolverine. And so, uh, if you can find that issue, I think it's uh, X Men Two Hundred Two, uh, where you get to see her first with uh, with that. Um, the, those kind of claws and everything. It's not Two Hundred Two. Hold on. Do-do-do. Well, she's an X Men too. Uh, two oh um, five. Briefly. Yeah, X Men two oh five. So that's. Uh. But uh, yeah, that uh, Hulk well, versus Wolverine uh, shows you know the Wolverine origin and Wolverine being the Wolverine that you like him to be. Um, it's a really really good yeah. thing. If you can find it right now, you should should watch it. It's really really enjoyable. I think it's on Disney Plus. See, I'm going to look right now. I think it's on Disney+. Plus. Well, well, Brian is searching for that. cartoons. Yeah. <laughs> any, uh... Eric, do you have any, uh... You got any final thoughts on this? Uh... No, not really. I guess I hadn't read this very carefully, but I was, uh... I was following along as you were describing it, and, uh, I've got the impact of it now. Uh, yeah, we've been waiting a long time for Burns' take on on Wolverine, and it's interesting to see him play it out, what he kept, what he, he left out. Yeah. Um, I've enjoyed it, but uh, we're yeah. just about at two hours now. Yeah. yeah. I think we need to wrap it up. It is not on Disney+. Um, Plus. Yeah, it's enjoyable. It's, uh... And it, it's not? Okay. Uh, uh, we will sure we... continue... You know, we'll cover these last four issues, uh, and if if Burn starts picking stuff again, we'll 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 pick him up. It looks like two more two more episodes, and we'll complete our run and our coverage on Elswin. Yeah, he's um, he's definitely not um, you know producing anything new at this point. Fact is, is he's not really been active with anything at all. He's not talking about. Um, uh, not been talking about anything. Uh, not the movies he's watching like he typically does. 
um, you know, and he's not offering very much commentary on anything. He'll answer direct questions if he if he chooses to, but he's been pretty quiet. He had said when he stopped doing Elsewhen or stopped publishing it that he was going to follow up with you know to to answer questions about the various storylines and where he was going with this and that and show us the remaining art that's not published because it's not you know in the 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 comic book format yet. he's drawn stuff out but he yeah. hadn't put put it together in sequence so there's, there's no telling how much he's actually got done uh but he said he would release it to us and and tell us about it but he's been not silent but pretty quiet of late so not sure maybe it's just the doldrums have really taken taken over but uh i guess we'll have to wait and see In the meantime, if you want to get a hold of us, you can write to us at gottagetburned.gmail.com. At gmail.com. Gottagetburned.gmail.com. You said .gmail.com. Sorry. That's all right. Or our Facebook page, Third Degree Burn. And uh, the other one is iTunes, mm-hmm. Apple. Apple Podcasts. Apple what? But, Kirk, you don't have to worry about that. We know you're a weatherman. You're supposed to be wrong. Mm, right, thank you. Just kidding. I'm just kidding. But um, boom, yeah, yeah. That's a bad one. I, you know, feel bad. Now. We uh, uh the Facebook well, page is usually the best place to find because we always link the show there. So that's usually the best place to find news about what's coming up, and uh, we post the show there. You can go to, I, you know, iTunes, Apple, I, Apple Podcasts, but the Facebook page I think is the best place to. Yeah, and if you want to check back, I mean, you, you know, we got a lot of new listeners. Um, you know, if you look on the Two True Freaks webpage and search for, th- you know, look at the Third Degree Burn site, you will see that we have covered every issue of Elsewhere up until right where we are right here with issue 27, 28. Um, then, of course, all of our back episodes are out there as well, all the way back to our first episode, aren't they, Tim? Yep. yep. There's some links that I think I need to fix, but for we we essentially migrate to the new site. But you can, they're there. All the Elsewhere stuff because we didn't start covering that until later, uh, kind of the height of the pandemic. But all the oh, if you want to listen to these sequentially, then yes, they're all there. Yeah, and you can of course find them also on the Apple Podcast. Uh, they've got the full catalog there as well. Hmm. All right. I think um, we did a good job of covering this. I'm ashamed we couldn't get John and uh, on, and we need to get Dave back on because he's been absent for a while. But I don't know. any final thoughts? Uh, I want some. No, just uh, protect your issues, guys. Um, yep. Hurricanes and tropical storms are brewing yep. this time of year as we record this. Um, is it Ian? Ian? is uh, not yet a hurricane and it's uh, down on the Caribbean. By the time you hear this, it's probably going to be uh, making landfall in Florida. So I uh, hope you all wrap up your collections and uh, stay safe. Well, all right. Well, for Third Degree Burn, I will take us out. Uh, I want to thank everybody for listening this long and look forward to seeing more shows. Uh, so I'm Tim Elliott. I'm Kirk Green. And I'm Brian Hughes. Thanks for listening. 
You can find us and many other great shows at tutufreaks.com. That's T-W-O-T-R-U-E-F-R-E-A-K-S.com. Third Degree Burn is spelled with the number three, R-D-D-E-G-R-E-E-B-Y-R-N-E, and is part of the Tutu Freaks network of shows. Follow us on Facebook and Twitter. Just look for Third Degree Burn, spelled with the number three, and burn spelled B-Y-R-N-E. Compliments, complaints, and recipes can be sent to gottagetburned at gmail.com. That's G-O-T-T-A-G-E-T-B-Y-R-N-E-D at gmail.com. Drop us a line and tell us how we're doing. Till next time, this has been Third Degree Burn. Some men aren't looking for anything logical, like money. They can't be bought, bullied, reasoned, or negotiated with. Some men just want to watch the world burn.